This is Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the Mea Culpa Podcast. So let's face it, the withdrawal of U.S. forces from Afghanistan has been an unmitigated disaster. The images of chaos coming from Kabul are reminiscent of the fall of Saigon. It does not matter that Biden inherited most of what is happening, or that Trump unilaterally signed a withdrawal pact that dramatically sped up the U.S. exit, all but dooming Biden to this very fate. Ultimately, this is President Biden's decision. He is the one that is called for this withdrawal, is going forward with it. But this is, this didn't happen in a vacuum. I mean, right. it was President Trump that negotiated the agreement with the Taliban to have a, a complete withdrawal that was supposed to actually happen by May 1st. So who bears responsibility? Look, I, I think uh, absolutely uh, President Biden bears responsibility for making this decision. Uh, but there is no question that President Trump, his administration, Secretary Pompeo, they also bear very significant responsibility for this. They walked down this path of legitimizing the Taliban, of uh, perpetuating this fantasy, telling the American people that the Taliban were a partner for peace. Uh, President Trump told us that the Taliban was going to fight terror. Uh, Secretary Pompeo told us that the Taliban was going to renounce al-Qaeda. None of that has happened. The images of defeat, of fear, and ultimately death have landed on the Biden administration's doorstep. And as David Sanger wrote for the New York Times, it will remain a permanent stain on his presidency. The intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. They did not. They didn't, did not reach that conclusion. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. On Sunday, the scramble to evacuate American civilians and embassy employees from Kabul, the very image that Biden and his aides most wanted to avoid unfolded on live television as the Afghan government collapsed with astonishing speed. The time frame of a rapid collapse, that was widely estimated and ranged from weeks to months and even years following our departure. There was nothing that I or anyone else saw that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days. This guarantees that the Taliban will be back in full control of the country when the anniversary of the September 11th, 2001 attacks is commemorated less than a month from today. This is exactly as things were 20 years ago. Now, see an Afghanistan completely ruled by the Taliban. It's It's a horrible historical echo. The New York Times Sanger goes on to say, Biden will go down in history, fairly or unfairly, as the president who presided over a long-brewing, humiliating final act in the American experiment in Afghanistan. The Taliban's swift return to power has shocked the world and humiliated America. It marks the end of a 20-year campaign which has highlighted America's failures in military planning, intelligence and nation-building. Above all, it has shown America failing to protect those it has sworn to defend. It's the right and the responsibility of Afghan people alone to decide their future. This did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. How will this damage America's long-term global standing 
and the future security of the world. After seven months in which his administration seemed to exude much-needed competence, getting more than 70% of the country's adults vaccinated, engineering surging job growth, and making progress towards a bipartisan infrastructure bill, everything about America's last days in Afghanistan shattered the imagery. And I think we will be regretting this decision for many years. The collapse happened because a truly dreadful U.S. president, Donald Trump, who was probably in hock to the Russians, dealt with the Taliban behind the Afghan government's back. A shocking betrayal. Joe Biden, who admires Kennedy, we had some great quotes from Kennedy earlier, could have changed things. He has chosen not to, and he has opened the United States, Europe, India, many allies throughout the world to considerable terrorist risks, from the two and a half to 4,000 jihadi nutjobs who are currently being released, pardon my French, from Bagram, from Kandahar, and from Kabul. And when they have, slops, when they have stopped slaughtering our friends, when they have stopped beheading a few key women journalists, they will turn their attention to us. This was an anti-terrorist operation, and we have walked away from a successful anti-terrorist operation after 20 years. And sooner or later, we will reap the rewards. But this episode is not about Afghanistan. I just felt it necessary to at least acknowledge the scale of what's happening and how it is already being used as a political weapon to hurt the Biden administration. While everything I said is true and heartfelt, the real politic answer here is a lot more complicated. Biden, again, rightly or wrongly, is gambling his high approval rating on the fact that despite the horrific images coming out of Kabul, the American public wants out of Afghanistan. I'm now the fourth American president to preside over war in Afghanistan. Two Democrats and two Republicans. I will not pass this responsibly on, responsibility on to a fifth president. I will not mislead the American people by claiming that just a little more time in Afghanistan will make all the difference. Nor will I shrink from my share of responsibility for where we are today and how we must move forward from here. I am president of the United States of America, and the buck stops with me. In Biden's calculation, what we're seeing today will largely be forgotten by the public and its nanosecond attention span in a few short weeks. The political schlacking he's taking now will subside, and he will have done what the past four presidents could not. That's remove this country from an intractable war and leave Afghanistan. So I'm left again to ask of those who argue that we should stay. How many more generations of America's daughters and sons would you have me send to fight Afghanistan's civil war when Afghan troops will not? How many more lives, American lives, is it worth? How many endless rows of headstones at Arlington National Cemetery? I'm clear on my answer. I will not repeat the mistakes we've made in the past. The rest is what it will be. But that's a big if, and the GOP will certainly look to turn this into Benghazi too. 
Nonetheless, the withdrawal debacle is a welcome distraction for the GOP and an opportunity for them to pivot away from the election madness and the sharp rise in death because of the resurgence of the Delta variant. The real story and the one the GOP wants you to ignore is what's looming inside our own borders. Ed, as America is now deep into its second summer of coronavirus, it appears the Biden White House has two challenges in front of it. He, the president, referred to one of them, that is to say masks in schools and American school children returning to the classroom amid the second summer and fall of the coronavirus. And the bigger announcement today, booster shots in America for the two vaccines that we know about, Pfizer and Moderna. Reuters is reporting that the United States eclipsed 1,000 COVID-19 deaths in a single day for the first time since March on Tuesday. It's equivalent to about 42 deaths an hour. All across this country, ICU beds are filling up once again. But it's traditionally red states and MAGA strongholds where we face a burgeoning humanitarian crisis as hospital systems from Florida to Louisiana are on the brink of collapse. And in Alabama, there are zero ICU beds left. In fact, the number of people receiving intensive care is greater than the number of designated ICU beds statewide. This is the scenario that we've all been dreading. You know, we actually had a, a slightly higher number of total inpatients in Alabama back in January, which was the worst time that we had seen so far in the pandemic. But but really, the, the degree to which these, these people are, are critically ill, this is the highest we've seen. Just eight states make up half of all COVID hospitalizations. And they are, of course, the usual suspects. Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, Nevada, and yeah, Texas. Run by imbeciles like Ron fucking DeSantis and asshole Greg Abbott, who was literally diagnosed with COVID yesterday, these guys are literally killing their people. The president today slammed governors who ban mask mandates in schools for their own ghoulish political good. Politicians want to force you to cover your face as a way for them to cover their own asses. That's just the truth. They want to be able to say they're taking this on and they're doing this, even though it doesn't, it's not, it's not proven to be effective. They want to continue to do it. Some politicians are trying to turn public safety measures, that is children wearing masks in school, into political disputes for their own political gain. Some are even trying to take power away from local educators by banning masks in school. They're setting a dangerous tone. Intimidation and the threats we're seeing across the country are wrong. They're unacceptable. I've said before, this isn't about politics. It's about keeping our children safe. DeSantis must have some kind of death wish for the state of Florida. A fifth of the nation's COVID-19 hospitalizations are in the Sunshine State with a record 16,000 hospitalizations. More than 90% of the state's intensive care beds are filled and nobody on the right seems to give a shit. Yeah, Sean, I don't want to hear anything about COVID cases in Florida, mass mandates in New York, vaccine passports. I don't want to hear anything about that until the Biden administration deals with the crisis they created. What we are seeing now is not the peak, experts say. The U.S. now has an average of about 129,000 new COVID cases per day, 
a rate that has doubled in little over two weeks. There are still over 100 million unvaccinated Americans. How high could this wave get before it crests? How many new cases could we be seeing a day? Well, Chris, we can't really predict that. All we can say is that this is going very steeply upward with no signs of having peaked out. So I will be surprised if we don't cross 200,000 cases a day in the next couple of weeks. And that's heartbreaking, considering we never thought we would be back in that space again. That was January, February. That shouldn't be August. But here we are with Delta variant, which is so contagious, and this heartbreaking situation where 90 million people are still unvaccinated who are sitting ducks for this virus and that's the mess we're in we're in a world of hurt plus the politicization of basic protective steps around masking and the continued spread of misinformation is needlessly prolonging the virus this mask that i'm holding has somehow become a symbol that it never should have been this is basically just a life-saving medical device and somehow it's now being seen as an invasion of your personal liberty. We never should have gone there. It's heartbreaking for me as a person who's not a politician. I'm a scientist. I'm a public health person. I'm a doctor to see how masks have gotten into this very strange place with parents and uh, others shouting about it. We never should have allowed that. Now, just yesterday, Trump went on Fox Business with the insane Marita Bartiroma pushing the idea that potential COVID-19 booster shots to prolong immunity to the virus are actually just a money grab from Big Pharma. You know what? That sounds to me like a money-making operation for Pfizer. Okay? Think of the money involved. Get An extra shot. That's tens of billions of dollars. How good a business is that? If you're a pure businessman... You say, you know what, let's give them another shot. That's another $10 billion of money coming in. The whole thing is just crazy. It doesn't, you wouldn't think you would need a booster. You know, when these first came out, they were good for life. Then they were good for a year or two. And I could see the writing on the wall. I could see the dollar signs in their eyes of that guy that runs Pfizer. You know, the guy that announced the day after the election that he had uh, the vaccine except it's trump and his toadies who are fucking crazy what's happening right now boggles the mind people are literally dying for ideology maga has become a true death cult And now for the main event. What's happening in Afghanistan is something that demands attention, and Mayor Culpa will go there Monday with the brilliant General Mark Hurtling. But I would argue COVID-19 is a more urgent threat to most Americans. The rise of the Delta variant and the GOP's resistance to basic common sense has put millions of lives at risk. And my guest today, Kurt Eichenwald, is on the front line of covering not just COVID, but the crisis of misinformation surrounding the virus. Eichenwald is a two-time Pulitzer finalist for his work at the New York Times as an investigative reporter covering everything from corporate fraud to online sex abuse. The author of six books, his latest entitled The Big Lie, 
is not about the election, but instead the fraud and misinformation perpetuated by British Dr. Andrew Wakefield. His fake research is responsible for an entire subsection of anti-vax propaganda that certainly vaccines can cause autism. Proven demonstrably fucking false. Wakefield remains a force in anti-vax circles, meeting with Trump himself during his disastrous tenure. That movement laid the groundwork for a massive anti-vax infrastructure that pumps out industrial quantities of misinformation. Eichenwald joins me today to talk about the current COVID crisis and what truly frightens him about the Delta variant. This is urgent information that you don't want to miss. So let's listen now to that conversation. Kurt, your book released this past April entitled The Big Lie tells the story of Andrew Wakefield, who is responsible for the false notion that vaccinations cause autism. Now, through fraudulent research and disinformation, he has spread his ideas to millions and in many ways forms the false intellectual bedrock for those who oppose the COVID vaccination today. How involved is Wakefield today in opposing the COVID vaccine? And who else is part of his disinformation campaign? You'd be surprised. Uh, you've got this whole, you know, traveling circus of, uh, of uh, 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 you know, the, 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 the Trump uh, clowns, you know, the Michael Flynn's, the the Sydney Powell's the all the and they're doing these these little events uh where they're where they I know they did one in Tulsa they did one uh out in um uh, uh I forget where this where this group was and they have Andrew Wakefield accompanying them in all of them and so Andrew Wakefield is one of is one of the key guys out there speaking with the traveling Trump show of, you know, of uh, QAnon people, of it was an election fraud people uh, and charging uh, for for people to come in and hear this saying, you know, COVID vaccines are going to turn you, you know, are, are, are bioengineering and they're dangerous and COVID itself is is not a big deal. I mean, he's been he's been out there pushing this stuff. Uh, and the guy's a gastroenterologist. He's never been qualified to talk about vaccines. He's never been qualified to talk about autism, which was his original research. And his original research was a joke. Uh, the problem was people in my profession, because, you know, the, the sad reality is that people in my profession uh if somebody gets up and says my research shows that um, that uh, orange juice makes your head explode, runs off and says research shows orange juice makes your head explode, and um, they well that one they might read, but they very rarely actually read the underlying studies. Um, and Wakefield study. That, vac- that the MMR vaccine, the mumps, measles, and rubella vaccine causes autism. It doesn't say that. It doesn't. In fact, it specifically says we did not establish any link between. And it's just a study involving uh, 12 parents 
uh, or 12 cases. And even in that, even in those cases, you had eight parents who said he reported. He had eight parents who said, oh, yeah, our kids got uh, the vaccine and then they had autism. And um, of those eight, several of them were fraudulent. Now, they existed, but he changed the dates. And then he dropped a bunch of cases where they didn't report it. And they said specifically, no, that is not true. And so, you know, you had instances where he was changing the numbers. He was he was just manipulating. He was a fraud. There's a reason why uh, he lost his 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 license to practice medicine. And this is the you know father of the modern anti-vaxxer movement. He's a fraud. All of these people are frauds. Well, you know, it's I'll tell you what's interesting to me is the fact that they pulled his license based upon the disinformation. And I guess, you know, it's so easy to pull a doctor's license. It's so easy to pull a lawyer's license. But what about a regular, a regular individual? What are you pulling from them? What are you pulling from a politician? Are you now able to say to them, you're not allowed to run simply because the disinformation campaign that you put out there? And I'm going to give you an example one that relates to Trump, who's as fucking stupid as this as this guy um, Wakefield. It's truly amazing, and this is actually this is a true story. Unfortunately, people listen to Trump when he speaks. The problem with that is that he doesn't know what he's saying. He really is a fucking idiot in everything. I have a friend whose son, unfortunately, is severely autistic, and they are very involved with autism speaks and so on. And I'll never forget, Trump put out a statement, and I don't know whether he heard Wakefield speak or he read something about it. No, he met with Wakefield. It would make it would make perfect sense because the next thing he does is he goes on this whole tangent about how crazy it is that you take this little baby, this five pound, six pound, seven pound baby. And you pump them full of drugs, 10 pounds worth of drugs, he said. And that's what causes autism. Now, I'll never forget that one of the members of that family called me up and she screamed at me as if I'm the one that said, she goes, your idiot boss just set back autism a decade because now people truly believe that autism is caused by the, you know, RRM, right? By the um, uh, or by the measles, yeah, mumps, rubella vaccinations, yeah. MMNR, right? That this is that this is the direct result of what happens when you. Why can't you do it over time? Why does it have to all be at the same time? I mean, what do you think is going to happen when you put ten pounds of drugs into a six-pound child? What do you think is going to happen? And he claimed that he knew first-hand knowledge that this is actually one of the causes of autism, when in fact he doesn't know shit. And actually, the story he told, I, I think it was during one of the debates, he met with, he met with, uh, he met with Wakefield. I mean, this is, I mean, this is one of the things I was mentioning before we, we started here, that I've known Trump since 1987. And he is an idiot. He's a blithering idiot. He's an idiot about 
virtually everything. He says whatever the last person said to him uh, as fact. And he sort of twists it into, into something else. And he met with Wakefield, and Wakefield told his little story. And then he spun Wakefield's nonsense uh, into you know, 10 times what Wakefield had ever said. And said the story of, I knew this, and this was, I think it was in a debate, you know, a little baby who got, who got vaccinated and the next day had autism. It was horrific. It was wrong. It was raw. And, and I said, as soon as I heard it, I said, he's lying. He's absolutely lying. This is number one. This whole theory is, is a lie. Number two, um, you know, that is not how autism works. Number three, the timing he's talking about, about when some, uh, when a child gets the MMR vaccine is wrong, you know, and yeah, he just, he just for, for some sort of, you know, uh, uh, debating point or just because he was winging it, he harmed so many people. You know, just to just to throw out a point. <laughs> Kurt, let me say this to you. I was there during the campaign, right? I was not a part of the campaign, but I was there always around him, always trying to figure out what he needed me to protect him from. The truth be told, he needed me to protect him from himself, from his own laziness, from his own misinformation, from, as you stated, the last person who has his ear owns his mind, right? And this is what I tried to do and failed, but this is what I tried to do over the decade and a half that I worked for this lunatic. But what he does is he just throws shit at the wall. And the saddest thing is that people listen and they believed what he said. You're right. There is absolutely zero scientific evidence that the MMR vaccination causes autism. The fact oh, and there's that a he, ton that it doesn't. To the ton I, that, that was the does. point I was going to make. In fact, all of the science that has been done points to something totally different, has nothing to do with the vaccination. And I would leave it, if I was him, up to the scientists to discuss it instead of him, despite the fact that he thinks he knows more about the scientists, the same way he knows more about the tax code than accountants or more about war than the general. Somehow the guy seems to know everything about everything, and it has to be through osmosis, because here's my point. I watched him preparing for the debates, and he basically prepared for the debates watching golf. He sat there <laughs> watching golf on a little computer. His preparation was basically over a hamburger or a steak with potatoes. He did no preparation work because in his mind, he actually steps into the room thinking that he's the smartest guy in the room, and whatever he says goes but he doesn't take, and we talk about this all the time on Mea Culpa. I talked about it in my book, Disloyal. Donald Trump doesn't care about anyone or anything other than himself. And if he hurt families, if he hurt this amazing organization, Autism Speaks, so what? what is, how does it affect me? Why do I care? 
And he doesn't. That's the problem. Even though people that he knows and knows well have children who are unfortunately, you know, um, have autism or are somewhere on the spectrum, instead of keeping your mouth shut and helping to promote Autism Speaks or other legitimate groups, he says stupid shit that puts them back a decade and doesn't care. Before packing your bags for some summer travel, make a plan to help protect your personal information online. Keeping your devices up to date with the latest security patches, changing your passwords, and avoiding using public Wi-Fi can help prevent your personal information from getting into the wrong hands and ruining your summer vacation. Your private information is more exposed than ever and can leave you vulnerable to cyber threats. The all-in-one protection of Norton 360 with LifeLock makes it easy to have protection in the digital world. Device security helps block cyber criminals from stealing your personal information. VPN with bank-grade encryption helps keep information you send over Wi-Fi safe. LifeLock Identity Theft Protection monitors your personal information and alerts you to potential threats. Now, no one can prevent all cybercrime and identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But if you have Norton 360 with LifeLock, you can opt into cyber safety. So sign up today and save 25% or more off your first year by going to Norton.com slash Cohen. That's 25% off Norton 360 with LifeLock at Norton.com slash Cohen. And and that he would promote somebody like Wakefield and then put I mean, this guy, you know, I got I got to tell you, you know, and it's, it's a point, as I was pointing out in my book, Wakefield by uh, I think it was by 2014, you know, and when he lost his license, I mean, it wasn't like lickety split. They had four years of hearings. They had I mean, I just reading through them, the transcripts on the hearings were thousands of pages long. And it was, I mean, Britain does things very, very, very differently than we do. Um, and um, he was down to doing, uh, I, I, what was it called? The uh, 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 conspiracy cruise where they had people talking about crop circles and, Aliens coming, you know, coming from wherever, UFOs and uh, and vaccines. I mean, and that's that that was what he was. And then Donald Trump somehow launches, you know, latches onto him, and he and Wakefield uses that to elevate himself again into credibility, and he starts. He was the first one to start pushing this outside a politician pushing this uh 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 covid's no big deal it's just the flu it's you know blah, blah blah now covid covid is a an infection it is now believed is largely an infection of the blood vessels it is not and that's why it spreads to so many different organs you know it is not simply like an upper respiratory disease so that's why people are getting their their uh, uh, you know, their legs cut off. That is why people are having myocarditis. That is, you know, you don't you don't have this if you just have an upper respiratory disease. 
And, you know, Wakefield just was out there pushing all this nonsense and traveling with with the Trump crews. And, you know, he he got pushed back into the world of into the world of credibility. He got knocked off the conspiracy cruise by uh, Donald Trump. And we're paying a price for this kind of stuff. You know, I look at it you know, back back when I was when I was at The New York Times, we had a bunch of different people. You know, Trump back then was trying to get on to be, you know, a Wall Street player. And so he was covered by the real estate guys. I covered him through the Wall Street side. You know, there were different people covering him for different different things. And so um, and and nobody, you know, the real estate people had to deal with him taking him seriously. But every other business group, um, you know, thought he was a joke. And not, not I don't mean the reporters. I mean the uh, you know the Wall Street people thought he was a joke. He was somebody to you know to fleece. Wall Street's better at fleecing people than uh, than Donald Trump is, and um, and we had the reporters who were covering him all had sort of a little discussion once, and it was you know a non monetary bet: uh, is it an act or is he crazy? And I said it's an act, um, and then I had a meeting with him in 1990 um, at his office, and I came back and I said I changed my vote. The man is mentally ill, um, and you know he, the idea that this that this guy. Um, was you know you, you, you don't just you don't just suddenly become healthy you know he's incurable um and the the idea that this guy has become you know became president of the united states this guy who wings it all this guy who thinks he doesn't need to do anything this guy who is you know there was a there was a person i spoke to um prior to the election who said um <laughs> never forget this he said if you were asked if you were to ask donald he'd tell you that i was one of he he'd call he'd call me one of his best friends and i said what would you call him he said a clinical sociopath yeah well um, that's what i talk about a lot in my book disloyal that he's a yeah. narcissistic sociopath but this whole notion this whole notion of Wakefield is so ridiculous. Honestly, you'd have to think that the guy got his medical degree from Trump University because it's just that stupid. I mean, and, and yeah. it's not only is it stupid, it's dangerous, which makes it worse. But I want to keep moving here. The title of your book is linked now to Donald Trump's efforts to overturn the election. But we also know that the origin of the term, the big lie, has its roots in Nazi Germany as a propaganda technique. Now, the German expression was coined by Adolf Hitler when he dictated um, his 1925 book, Mein Kampf, to describe the use of a lie so colossal that no one would believe that someone could have the impudence to distort the truth so infamously. Now, when you were considering the title of your book, 
How much thought was given to its origins in terms of names? And were you surprised when it came, um, the name of Trump's authoritarian efforts? Were you surprised at that? You know, the, the, the option, I think there were about 35 different titles considered. And when you got right down to it, um, when you had something that was such a ridiculous study um, and the claim that was made from it. And again, I'm not talking I'm not talking about uh, the claim being ridiculous. I'm talking about the study being ridiculous because it's not even a study. It's, you know, the, the when it was originally when it was originally published by The Lancet, it was considered a uh, uh, it wasn't even put in the in the sections where they do studies. It was, you know, initial clinical observation. And um, ultimately, um, what became, uh, you know, here's what we saw with with 12 patients, which in the end ended up being untrue. Um, became this gigantic conclusion. And it became this gigantic conclusion based on the very first time that Wakefield went out and uh, did a press conference. And what's interesting is that Wakefield had uh, multiple other members, you know, uh, researchers with him. And they all, and they knew Wakefield was going you know, he wanted to attack the MMR, and they all agreed. No, nobody understood his obsession with the MMR. It had dated back forever. He was he had da- he had argued uh, eight years later earlier that no, I'm sorry, it was four years earlier that the MMR uh, caused um, uh, 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 Crohn's disease, an intestinal problem. And he expected the entire uh, British government to basically form its its uh, uh, vaccination program around his study, which was again a pretty lame study that uh, vac- that the MMR vaccine you know causes Crohn's disease. He expected everything to be upended for that. And it didn't have the, you know, nobody was going to do it based on a single study. And he got outraged. And so then he goes along and, oh, not only does it do this, it also causes autism. And when he got into this press conference, he went so far beyond what the study said. uh, And not only that, contradicted what the study actually said, that one of his... um, co-researchers got up and started pounding the podium you know <laughs> just arguing somebody needs him. to pound the podium on trump yeah. because he took yeah. wakefield's misinformation and his exaggerated results and he exaggerated them exaggerated times 10 more. look look i remember sitting with him and he and, and i went to him the day after because this young lady called me so angry because her brother, you know, has um, autism and very, very um, severe autism. And I said to him that, you know, that the information you put out there, it's not right. And these people who you know are very hurt by it personally because they're going through it. So he goes, Michael, let me explain something to you. 
If you take a five-pound baby and you fill it with 10 pounds worth of drugs and they don't even know what these drugs are, all of a sudden, I mean, my father isn't... (laughs) It's so stupid. My father is an otolaryngologist. He's a head and neck, a diplomat in head and neck reconstructive surgery, right? My mom is a surgical nurse. I grew up in a house filled with medicine, filled with JAMA and the American Medical Association magazines. And that's what I read as a kid, right? So I actually wanted to be a doctor. I couldn't get through organic chemistry, so I became a lawyer. Now I became a felon. But I'm trying to explain to him They know what these drugs are. This isn't that it came out yesterday that some guy in a in a garage in Long Island City came up with the with the measles, mumps, rubella vaccination. This is out there and it's been given to a hundred million people plus. So I said the statement that you're making goes, Michael, if I take double your weight and I fill you up with any drug. (laughs) These are the things that happens. And I couldn't get through to I have no idea. I have no idea. So it was like, if you weigh 185 pounds, if I put 370 pounds of fluid into your body, you will end up having a problem. Yes, but that's not what happens. It's not 10 pounds worth of, a worth of vaccination. 10 pounds. You know what 10 pounds of vaccination is? I mean, who, what needle can hold 10 pounds of vaccination? Not even if you're laying on a thing where, you know, being put to sleep permanently. It's not 10 pounds of fluid. I mean, it's so absolutely ridiculous and stupid. But the scary part is he believes every single thing that he says. He convinces himself that he knows better than you. He knows better than the scientists. He knows better than everyone about everything. It's, it's a sickness. Yeah. He's a very stupid, very narcissistic man who, who uh, you know, there's, there's something, there's something about people like Wakefield, people like Trump, People and I put these people all in the same category. People like Mussolini. There are there are people out there who want someone to tell them, you know, the world is scary. The world, you know, people are out to get you, and we have to be organized. We are this unit of people who know the real truth. And, you know, we are the smart ones and the other ones are are not. And, you know, the ones who are who are the leaders of these things are reckless and irresponsible, you know, and 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 stupid. But this is where I have to stop you for a sec. They're actually not stupid in terms of in terms of brain function. Right. I mean, they may be crazy. Like Wakefield is not stupid. The guy went through medical school. Mike Lindell is not. I I understand. No, no, no. But I, I get it. Like Mike Lindell. He's not a stupid guy. Right. The guy built a billion dollar business off of fucking pillows. Right. Um, and so on. Matt Gates, a pedophile, but not, not stupid. Right. And then you have, I mean, Sidney Powell, another lawyer. You have, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene. These are not stupid people. 
per se. They're just fucking crazy. And for some unknown reason, they are, they're championing, they're championing Donald's insanity. And why they're doing it, I don't know. It makes absolutely no sense when you see, you know, reporters go to locations and ask somebody about the vaccination. Oh, no, 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 no. It's a vaccination created by the Democrats in order to obtain mind control over the citizens of this country to get us to do what the country wants us to do. Well, the reporter then said, you do know that your fearless leader, the supreme leader, the oligarch, monarch, right, demagogue, Donald himself, is the one who created the vaccination, right? At least according to him. Now, let's give props where props is due. He was responsible for Operation Warp Speed. They did get the vaccination. It was not created by him, but it was created under his administration. So therefore, if it was created under Trump's administration, and Donald believes that he's entitled to the Nobel Peace Prize for how swift that it was, that it was created, why would your supreme leader do that to you. And they don't have a response for it other than to say that the Democrats corrupted what Trump did. So now what they're doing is they're adding to the insanity that's already on top of the disinformation insanity that was put out by the third tier. You have two tiers of additional insanity underneath it as a layered cake. It's insane. And it's just every single person who you ask on that side of the fence, has a different interpretation that's more wild and crazy than the guy who started it, who happens to be wild and crazy. But I want to ask you this question moving forward. In terms of the politicization of the vaccine, we have politicians like the insane Madison Cawthorn calling for the arrest of Dr. Anthony Fauci and the resistance to the vaccine itself has been framed now as an issue of personal freedom. Now, with such a hardened stance from so many leaders on the right, what is it going to take to break through to the unvaccinated? Death. I mean, you know, we're in it. My my father was a pediatric infectious disease specialist, and he actually dealt in public health. In fact, if you look up measles, and CDC, uh, and you look at photographs of measles, uh, you'll see that sometimes he took some of the photographs of the measles, which is you know how I got the original interest in following vaccine stuff. And um, you know he would tell me stories when I was a kid about um, going to third world countries where they were having epidemics and they would have, you know, this is not unusual. They would have government leaders who they were having epidemics in their countries and the government leaders, usually because they were uh, uh, uneducated and frightened and they would um, consider these people from the outside to be dangerous and trying to do something and all sorts of conspiracy theories. Um, and uh, they would impede the public health efforts until there was so much death that 
they got out of the way and then the epidemic was stopped. Um, the problem is, I think the Republican Party has completely lost all of its connection to any sense of morality. And, you know, you, you, you've already had them talking about, you know, old people should get out of the way and just die. We now have children, you know, when they stand back and they say, oh, well, they live, you know, living is not the question. When with with COVID, again, it's it's a it's a vascular problem. And when you have children who have uh, kidney damage, when you have children who have uh, uh, heart damage, when you have children who have neurological damage, when you have children who are long haulers, when you have children, you know, there's a child in Chicago but uh, my, my wife is a doctor and she knows a pediatrician who had a patient who uh, had to have um, um, his his leg amputated. He was a covid patient, you know, in the Republican world. Well, he didn't die. So, you know, I don't have to wear a mask. He didn't die. Um, you know, the at the end of the day. I, I keep standing back and thinking, are these people stupid or do they truly think that this is a, a matter of individual rights? You know, yeah, uh, uh, a stoplight, you know, it, it used to be a stoplight. Uh, um, well, it, it what what benefit is it to me? I want to go through. I want to keep going. What you know, it has a community benefit. If I can figure out how to go through the stoplight in my own belief that I can make it, you know, what business is it of yours? Well, that's not how we work. Right now, what we're doing is we're having people decide, well, I don't I don't have a child in this school. Why can't I just speed through the school zone? You know, it's my right. You know, people um, there's a, uh, a breast surgeon in Houston who has a colleague whose four-year-old has been intubated. Um, four-year-old was double masked. Um, other children weren't. Masking only helps partially for the person wearing the mask. It is it works about 95% when both people are wearing masks. If only one is, it primarily helps the person who isn't wearing the mask. If somebody else, you know, and, and so if, and, and it, it makes sense, you know, if I'm infected and I'm wearing a mask right over my face, the, the aerosols coming out of my mouth that have the virus in it are not going to you. But the aerosols coming out of your mouth are coming right at me, you know, so I am more likely to get infected by you than you are by me. And these people who are going, well, it's my right. It's like, I'm sorry, screw you. You do not have the right to infect me. You do not have the right to kill people because you're upset about wearing a goddamn mask. And this is the thing. This isn't a point of individual rights. This is a point of community. 
well-being. And that is the problem with, you know, Jefferson talked about rights and responsibilities. And that was the essence of the founding of this country. It wasn't about me, 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 me. I get to do what I want. You know, the, the Republican idea, unfortunately, of American freedom and American rights has come down to a five-year-old's view of what constitutes rights. I get to do what I want. And that is not freedom. That is childish. That is infantile. That is dangerous. And we are in a public health emergency. Children are getting sick. Children are dying. Children are going to keep dying. It is not a matter of parental choice. It is not a matter of whether your child gets to infect my child. If I choose not to put my baby in a car seat and it causes five other car seats to stop working, that is not my choice. You know, and so ultimately, you know, that is that is it is the foundation of the entire anti-vaccine concept. It is the foundation of what Andrew Wakefield got started it is the foundation of the Republican concept of 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 rights. It is the foundation of Trumpism. It is the foundation of all of this, which is I do what I want. I don't care about other people. I don't care about dead children. I don't care about dead adults. I do what I want. And if you stop me from doing what I want, my freedoms, it is not your freedoms. Your freedoms do not trump the other, another, I'm sorry, your conveniences do not trump other people's rights. You know, in, in the standard on, under under tort law is your freedom to swing your arms ends at the tip of my nose. And your freedom in this circumstance, you know, your freedom not to wear a mask ends at the point where the aerosols from your from your from you coming out of your mouth can reach my face. Yeah, the problem though is Which that you- they're all suffering from um, IDGAS disease which is, I don't give a shit. And that's really the yeah. biggest problem. They don't. They, they care about what they want and nobody else's. But for my listeners who don't live in an area where there is a preponderance of unvaccinated people, right? basically the South and various like red states, <laughs> how bad is it in these areas? And what's the prognosis for the fall and the winter if there's not some kind of serious intervention? Because I remember, and I remember it like it was yesterday, we're talking about seven or eight months ago, when Dr. Fauci told Trump that we need to get our hospitalizations under 130,000, right? We need to get under 30,000. And at the time, it was like 130, 140,000 new hospitalizations a day. And we see it going on right now. Houston was on on television um, all day yesterday talking about they don't have a single ICU bed for anybody. Now they want to start putting them in the parking garage, right? Making an auxiliary, uh, you know, respiratory area with, you know, oxygen tanks and so on. 
explain to my listeners what you know what kind of intervention do we need and by the way what did trump do he ignored dr fauci right an epidemiologist extraordinaire he ignored him and said nah it's going to go away right it's it's survival of the fittest survival of the fittest it's so stupid. It's hard that I, it's hard well, to imagine, uh, Kurt, that I even have to ask you this question. But what kind of serious intervention do we have to do in order to stop this? I don't know. I mean, you know, you were, you were talking earlier about uh, the attacks on Fauci. You know, it's very, it's, 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 I mean, this is a man who has dedicated his life to keeping people around the world alive and you know it's very easy people don't even know what it is they're attacking him for they create all these conspiracy theories and it's just this republican thing of we need to create a human being to declare what the problem is um and so it's just a it's just a shorthand version i don't know what to do um you know, the big lie is a thing of every day. The big lie with Andrew Wakefield and the MMR vaccine and autism. The big lie with the with the bogus election. The big lie with uh, what was happening with COVID. The big lie now. The big lie. I mean, I'm down in I'm down in Texas. You know. Um, we're it's exploding down here um and how do we get it to stop i mean look at look at look at abbott um you know i i i can tell you greg abbott was given last may greg abbott was given um a plan uh the the state of texas hired uh an outside consulting firm on how to safely open the state of Texas um, and to do so. It was, it was really well thought out, uh, you know, how to safely open it in a way that wouldn't, uh, that would, you know, keep things uh, uh, that would keep the virus contained. And Abbott got that and, it wasn't just, yeah, we're opening. And so he, you know, they fired the consulting firm. They threw the report in the garbage and they just threw everything open and a lot of people died. Did you know only 1% of day traders actually turn a profit? In other words, only one out of 100 people can actually make a living by picking stocks. You can't control the markets, but you can control your risk. So how do billionaires like Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos control their risk? They invest in blue chip art. Don't worry, it sounded unusual to me too when I first heard this. But contemporary art pieces outperformed the S&P 500 returns by 174% from 1995 to 2020. Even topping gold and real estate returns by more than two times. With Masterworks.io, you don't have to choose between big risks and potential returns. Mea culpa subscribers can skip the waitlist by visiting Masterworks.io slash mea culpa. So go to Masterworks.io mea culpa today. See disclaimer at Masterworks.io slash disclaimer.
Did you hear there was a reporter who asked a group of people whether or not that they have gotten the vaccination? If the answer was no, when do you intend to do it? And some of these people actually come out and they say, I'm not getting the vaccination. Trump didn't get the vaccination. Why should I? Well, once again, it's misinformation or disinformation. He did. Not only did he get it once, technically he got it twice. The first time that they hauled his fat ass into Walter Reed. And then the second time, allegedly, the day before he left the White House, they, they vaccinated him and Melania. So if it's good enough for your supreme leader, what the hell could these fools be thinking about not accepting it? Did Donald get something different than the rest of us? Did Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson create a special Trump vaccination that only he's getting? And Biden and everybody else, Obama, Bush, Clinton, they got the same that we did. Why is Trump's different? And how did these people rationalize the stupidity? Like DeSantis with his, I'm not going to, you know, mandate masks for children or, you know, The rest of them that just keep fighting what we all know is the responsible thing to do. They just fight it and fight it for the simple sake of fighting. I I don't know. I mean, I can't. I never imagined. You know, to me, I always I always used to look at uh, political parties as, um, you know, the Republicans, the the Democrats were the party of of aspiration, and you know basically the Democrats were the party who put their foot on the gas, and the Republicans were the party that put their foot on the brake. You know, you needed a a party that that was the party that pushed forward. You needed the party that a party that said no, 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 going too far. And now you have the party of adults and the party of lunatics, and. You know, there are two parties. There's a party of reality and there's the party of delusion. And so, um, you know, if Trump if Trump wanted to go down in history as anything other than a mass murdering buffoon, uh, because, you know, there is history. um, He would have simply dropped all this, you know, fall. And again, he's too stupid to do it. He would have dropped all this bogus election stuff for which he has absolutely no evidence um, and gone out and said and and become the big advocate for for the vaccine around the world, not just around the world, world. do what every other president has done. Go out there and yeah. use your use your platform for good. But I want to ask, I mean, look, but, if you didn't know the answer to that previous question, then I got to ask you this one. You worry about the next mutation that they're referring to as the Lambda variant, right? Because if Delta is that much more infectious than the original COVID-19, how bad is Lambda going to be? What's it going to do to it, our it, country? It, it could it doesn't necessarily work that way. Um, you know, we could it could it could uh, the the mutation might be inconsequential. It might be it might actually be less terrible. But that doesn't mean that 
as you go down the line, because we're going to keep getting mutations. And, you know, the reality is, and this is going to be an ugly thing to say. The reality is that we are now at the point, you know, where if we had had, you know, if you go back a little bit, um, um, in February of 2020, the head of the World Health Organization uh, was doing these br- daily press conferences. And he had one where he was saying, um, you know, this doesn't have to happen. This is a coronavirus. We know how to deal with a coronavirus. This whole idea that, you know, oh, it's a, a, a bioweapon from China. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, you could have stopped it at the very beginning if people had just taken minor inconvenience for 90 days it was easy to deal with and you know he um and he was saying there are some countries that are not taking it seriously and he was talking about us and he was talking about britain and he goes and once this breaks through you know we know how to stop it now once this breaks through we can't stop it you know, we can't stop it without significant uh, uh, effort. And so we can stop it now. You know, let's. And, and then it was shortly after that, that uh, about 10 days later, that Trump did uh, this is their new hoax. And it was at that moment that I knew this is going to be a pandemic uh, because it can be stopped now. But he's not going to stop it. He's going to let it go. And, you know, he was looking at it at that point, the sense I got, he was looking at it at that point as, you know, so long as you just ignored it, the stock market would stay up. Um, well, it was, it was and, more than just the stock market. It was his um, reelection campaign, his need yeah. in order to go to the super spreader events. And again, it goes right yeah. back to the I don't give a shit disease. It goes right back to the fact that he's. He lacks empathy. He doesn't care about anyone or anything. And even probably after the first super spreader event that he did. And then they found out that thousands of people that were there ended up infected with the coronavirus. Did it stop him? Not for a single second. Not for a single second. I mean, is that is that one he's doing down in Arkansas still on the books? Is he still doing that? Oh, of course. You know, of course. Yeah, because... And that's going to that's going to kill a lot of people. And, you know, the thing is, you know, when people say ICU beds and they hear about about uh, beds in parking lots, you know, those ICU beds are not just are not just beds. They're um, they they require a particular form of staffing. And, um, you know, Republicans who talk about, oh, just let it go. It's like, do you understand that if somebody has a heart attack, there's no one there? Just, you know, be- hospital beds are used for other reasons. And what about uh, what about the supplies, Kurt? What about the oxygen masks, the, you know, the um, mechanisms, the even just the physical bed themselves? You run out of a physical bed. You run out of a physical yeah. bed means you don't have a ventilator. You don't have enough oxygen. I mean, you don't have enough support yeah. staff. It's Listen, we all know the answer. 
You know the answer. Yeah. I know the answer. My listeners. The guy doesn't give a shit about anybody. But he's not the only one. We have politicians that have the same exact screwed up disease as Trump. Now, I want to ask you this, though. If we're on the brink of a humanitarian crisis in this nation, which I believe that we are, especially in areas where there's a preponderance of unvaccinated people, at what point should the federal government step in and do something and actually intervene? Because I'm thinking of how the DOJ and the FBI were integral to the desegregation and enforcement of voting rights in the South in the early 1960s. They certainly can do something about this. They don't have any legal authority. Um, I mean, that's the problem. There's, there's this, this, our laws were not built with any concept that there would be sociopathic leaders. They were built with the idea that if somebody's the governor of the state and watches children dropping dead, that they'll do something about it. That if you watch, you know, 600,000 dead bodies piling up, that you care, uh, that you'd care a lot more about 600,000 dead bodies than than Hunter Biden's laptop, um, you know, and and it's, it's never been conceived. And so and so um, this would have been dealt with on a uh, so the states have the authority. But now you have uh, uh, or you had Democratic governors, they were using their authority but if you had Democratic governors and Republican legislatures, the Republican legislatures have been stripping away that authority uh, from the governors. I mean, Michigan, you know, you had you had, um, uh, you know, she was she was acting very responsibly. Now she's had uh, her wings clipped. And so and then you have lunatics in Texas. And, you know, I mean, basically, if you look at where the hot spots are, it's it's the Confederacy, um, you know, and, and they've always wanted to secede and they're doing it by suicide. I mean, you know, and they're and they're they're sitting here saying, you know, oh, you know, Abbott's saying, oh, we need people to come down here. Well, this is a different circumstance than it was last time. Last time, you know, nobody stood back and said, and said there was a way for you, you know, th th this is nobody's fault. You know, this is a rapidly spreading disease and this is nobody's fault. Um, and doctors, you know, I knew, a, uh, I know a doctor in Oklahoma who rushed up to New York and uh, didn't see her kids for months. Um, and, you know, she's not going to come rushing down to Texas. It's like it, it, because these people won't take a vaccine. You know, she's not going to she's not she's like you're choosing this outcome. You're deciding this. I'm not making I'm not sacrificing, you know, my children, you know, and because because you guys are you know don't like doing what can stop this. I'm not coming down to clean up your mess that you're making. You know, we've done our job. You're choosing not to do yours. 
And so it's it's going to be a a catastrophe and it's going to be one where, you know, there are a lot of stories of people uh, in the ICU saying, OK, I'll, I'll take the vaccine now being told it's too late. You know, you can't get it now. Look, there has to be. Kurt, there has to be under some form of an emergency powers act, there has to be the ability for the president to turn around and to mandate it. Look, they were they were permitted to turn around and tell you, go show up to this office, go for a physical. And when we determine that you're physically fit to go fight in Vietnam, right, we have the right to draft your ass and send you over there. Not my war. If Not something a, I believed in. Active, we have we have that right. Had, Why? Because it was for national security purposes. It was for if our you had democracy. An act of Congress, you could do that. All I know is if they can turn around and force you to wear a seatbelt, they should be able to force you to wear a mask. That's a it state just law. Doesn't make, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, like remember, I said, remember, we're talking about things. We're talking about things where you when you had um, when you had when you didn't have sociopaths running government in government, when you didn't have people who were being who were being led by the nose by by people who didn't know what they were talking about. Um you know, I mean, I do stand back and I look at it and I go, you know, is it is it possible? Is there any way possible that, um, you know, the the Santas and Abbots and and, um, you know, uh, uh, of the world truly do not understand how how pandemics work truly do not understand how infectious diseases spread truly do not understand what's happening and or they are they just sociopaths are they all just little trumps and uh and don't care and all they think about is what's in it for me and i just you know and and being like little trumps i mean i don't think they understand that, you know, Delta is not your grandfather's COVID. I mean, Delta is 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 much more infectious and is much more um, um, dangerous. And yeah, much more people dangerous. People are taking. Yeah, and people are taking much greater risks because they just think, you know, I'm I mean, I love it when people go, well, I'm tired of having, you know, of doing what we've had to do. It's like we haven't done very much at all. We've sort of done half ass stuff. We've done, you know, I mean, if we had just done it, if we had just done what we were supposed to do for 90 days, it would have been over. As Fauci and Dr. Burke said, safe social distance, wash your hands, 
wear a mask, and when the vaccination becomes available, get it. Those four simple things, and 620,000 Americans would, or a big portion of them, would still be alive. But Kurt, remember at the beginning of the show, I said to you that the hour goes by fast, and here we are towards the end. So I have one last question for you. I want to change gears on this for a moment and highlight something that you retweeted from the great Tom Nichols, who wrote, and I quote, I am not interested in dumb comments like, they were always like this, or you just didn't notice it, or any of that crap. I'm watching people I once knew to be intelligent and reasonable become completely fucking delusional, a bunch of crackpots and authoritarian crackpots. Can you unpack for my listeners why this registered with you to such a degree? When the history of this era is written years from now, what do you think that they will say was the cause of this type of thinking? Is it mass hysteria, brainwashing through technology, or something else? I think we're dealing with a, you know, the essence, the essence of brainwashing is repetition. And um, if you go back and, you know, repetition and isolation, and if you go back and look at what's happening, um, you know, Fox News says the same thing as, and, and, and look, they start to isolate themselves more and more. I, Fox News, Newsmax, uh, uh, OAN, uh, OAN, and um, and then you go have people go on to YouTube. You know, I was I spent a little bit of time um, looking up stuff about the Titanic on YouTube, and suddenly I'm getting flooded with stuff about about uh, disasters throughout history. Um, you know, um, at Facebook, the algorithm pulls in stuff that you start looking at. Uh, Twitter, I don't know, Twitter doesn't do that, but all of these social media things start following down a, a, an algorithm where you keep seeing the same thing over and over and over and over. And you start isolating yourself. The information you're getting, you know, the people you follow on Twitter are the people who um, um, say, you know, say the same thing that you do. Now, I follow people on Twitter who say things completely different than I believe because I think they're smart. You know, I think they're interesting. I, I don't think anybody has a monopoly on truth. Now, if somebody's spreading conspiracy theories, I actually do follow them for the interest of seeing what the conspiracy theories are. But, you know, ultimately, I think that what we have is mass psychosis that's been brought on by technological brainwashing. And I think that, um, you know, as much as, um, suddenly his name escapes me, uh, as much as so many on uh, the liberal side of the scale hated the head of Fox News, I can't remember his name. Roger Ailes? Roger Ailes. You know, he he kept them within a realm of of it, it, he 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 kept you know there were there were there were there were there were controls there were there was some distance you couldn't go too far well murdoch doesn't give a damn murdoch's like where's the money you know and so roger there there's no there are no boundaries anymore 
And so Fox News is just spreading this information and any information that contradicts anything anybody says that doesn't meet what they get off their algorithm, that doesn't meet what they get off their isolated information they get from Fox News. I mean, look at what happened. Fox News didn't slavishly say what Trump wanted to say and everybody went to Newsmax all of a sudden. Because they only want to hear what they already know is true. And they already know it's true because they know it's true. That's brainwashing. Yes, it's reinforcement. It's reinforcement of the idea or the belief. That's all That's all that it yeah. is. And you're right. These algorithms manage to do it. I do want to turn around and say, though, that as I was quoting uh, Tom Nichols and so on, I did throw in an expletive that did not belong to him simply because when I was reviewing that, you know, that story and that tweet, I was so furious about how dumb – how many people I know whose parents – have passed as a result of COVID, at least a dozen. How many families have I heard of, of people that I've lost I'm a friends with somebody in the... It's, this is not a joke. And mm-hmm. the fact that they're not doing something, and I don't mean government now, I'm talking about each other as neighbors to one another. And when you try, you see what's happening even in your state of Texas. They're having fistfights in parking lots, not because of Rudy's, not because of Rudy's deciding that that's where he's going to have a press conference. I'm talking about fights over my child should not have to wear a mask. My child doesn't have to wear a mask in school. Really? Why don't you ask the people that also come on television and say, can I go back in time? Can I get the vaccination? Can I wear a mask? Can I do something? Because I don't know how many of my listeners here have ever been intubated. I have. It hurts. It's uncomfortable for a long time, even after, God willing, you become intubated. And those people are not, many of them, unfortunately, are not making it out alive. And, you know, as you said, we need to be responsible for one another and to worry about the next guy as much as we worry about ourselves. And sadly, that's not something that we got under Trump. One thing I think that might be very, very helpful is if every member of Congress was taken through a pediatric intensive care unit right now, because, you know, then and I mean, I don't think it would help with uh, people like uh, 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 Tucker Carlson. But, um, you know, every member of Congress needs to see what they're doing, needs to see the impact of what's happened, needs to see what this really is, because it's horrific. And, you know, needs to see that it is that. And maybe there's somewhere there's some humanity in them somewhere where if they see what these children are suffering, they'll care. Well, Kurt, let me say thank you again for joining me today, for your insight, for your knowledge on this. It is incredibly disturbing, but I hope to see you again soon um, and you stay safe. You too. And now for today's mea culpa. One question I continue to ask my guests is whether those responsible for the prolongation of COVID because of either negligence or politicization should be held accountable for their actions. People like the idiotic and possibly insane Rand Paul, who wants Dr. Anthony Fauci to be arrested for criminal fraud, are themselves endangering the lives of millions and needlessly prolonging the virus for millions. People are tired of the bullshit. They're tired of the fucking lies. 
When COVID is over, there should be some kind of truth and reconciliation around the tremendous damage done to this country from the COVID deniers, the anti-maskers, and those whose actions have led to the virus's spread. These people should face potential prosecution. This is not a First Amendment issue. It's people's lives. Just as you don't have the right to yell fire in a crowded theater, you should not have the right to blindly send people to their death. Whether it was done out of greed, political ambition, or just pure fucking insanity, it does not matter. This needs to stop, or else we're doomed to face more of the same. And thanks for listening. Mea Culpa is brought to you by Audio Up, Midas Touch, and LSJ Media. And it's written and produced by Jimmy Jelinek. Executive producers are Jared Gustat, Jimmy Jelinek, myself, Michael Cohen, and Phil Alberstadt. Our editor is Lisa Orkin. It may be a new day politically, but nowadays the landscape is more confusing than ever. Donald Trump may have lost the battle for the presidency, but in many ways, Trumpism is winning the war on the state and local level. Maya Culpa is here to help guide you through the wilderness and keep you informed. And let's face it, we all want Trump, Rudy, and the rest of these seditious traitors to see justice. And folks, it's coming. So stay tuned as I guide you through the twists and turns of the criminal process that will ultimately see them behind bars. Maya Culpa, nothing but the truth. Pluto TV is playing the biggest movies every night this summer for free. Watch hit movies like The Matrix, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Scary Movie, Runaway Bride, and more all summer long. Check out the biggest stars like The Rock, Keanu Reeves, Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and more. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of free TV channels in English and Spanish featuring TV shows, news, sports, comedy, and more all for free. Download the free Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device, including Android and Apple smartphones. Pluto TV. Drop in, watch free. Pluto TV is playing the biggest movies every night this summer for free. Watch hit movies like The Matrix, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Scary Movie, Runaway Bride, and more all summer long. Check out the biggest stars like The Rock, Keanu Reeves, Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and more. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of free TV channels in English and Spanish featuring TV shows, news, sports, comedy, and more all for free. Download the free Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device, including Android and Apple smartphones. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. This is my mail.